Welcome to PTBC Podcast, where we will be speaking about innovation, technology, growing your business, and maximizing your entrepreneurial potential. Let's get down to business. Welcome back, guys. We have uh, Laura Patrick here for part two of our episodes with her. The last uh, segment, we talked about the franchise model. and this segment, we're going to be talking about female entrepreneurship. Naturally, Laura is a uh, a very uh, interesting female entrepreneur, and she's had a very, very interesting journey that she's going to be sharing with us today. Again, we have our new co-host, Veronica, uh, on the podcast here today as well. So um, we're going to get get right into it. Uh, So Laura, thanks again. Um, It's good to be back. (laughs) (laughs) so um (laughs) how uh so uh, you know why don't we actually let you just give us a brief overview of your journey as a female entrepreneur because you know i think that we we should highlight some things here the journey of a female entrepreneur versus a male entrepreneur um you know and and i'm going to be honest there's going to be some barriers that are going to be different for each individual so how was that journey and what kind of barriers did you face along the way yeah, and I think early on, I mean, you guys, if you go back and listen to the um, the first podcast, you'll hear a bit of the story of going from um, public health to private practice for me. Mm-hmm. But um, how my, hmm, as a female, I would say the biggest challenge was as I was growing my business, because I was 25 when I, when I started Kids Physio Group, so I was mm-hmm. pretty young, um, mm-hmm. and I wasn't married yet. Um, I obviously didn't have any children yet. Well, that's not obvious. Sorry. I didn't have any children yet. Um, and I was hyper, hyper focused on building my practice, Mm -hmm. um, without really thinking too hard about the rest of my life, to be honest Mm -hmm. with you. Um, I met an incredible man in that time who, um, was in the business community and is, is in the business community in Vancouver. Mm -hmm. And he stopped me in my tracks and was like, Hey, you have a really good business here. Mm -hmm. Um, let's, let me, let me help you how to, um, how to actually grow it. So he was a really, really huge support to me early on, Mm -hmm. um, with, with grasping how to be a great business um, owner. We got married and I continued to grow the business. Mm -hmm. And at some point in the first four years of our marriage, we also said, Oh dear, (laughs) we, we also want to have a family, Mm -hmm. but you've had your head down growing this practice. Um, and I was, you know, one of the main clinicians at the time and, um, we were also just about to open our second location. Mm -hmm. Um, so big barrier starting your family. When, when do you start your family? What do you have to think about as a clinician who's very tied to your business and working, you know, six days a week? Um, how do you step back? How does your business stay afloat? All of those kinds of questions um, came to my mind um, when, uh, when we were thinking about starting our family. Mm-hmm. And I think those are definitely questions that are, you know, a lot of people definitely face as they're going through their careers, even people who don't have businesses, right? Like yeah. even... Uh, clinicians themselves like when do I start a family how's that going to impact my work so how did you kind of uh, you know maneuver your way out of those situations to try to kind of make it work for for both sides Mm -hmm. Um, well the first step was 
getting proper systems in place mm -hmm. and writing down all of the systems that made Kids Physio what it was when mm -hmm. most of the systems were originally operating out of my head. Um, so that was the first step. The second step was um, investing in hiring great people to join the team who would ultimately be better than me and, and treat the children when I went off better than I ever could. So I um, fortunately was able to recruit and hire some great clinicians. Um, and once that team was in place, I started to step back. So before I even was pregnant, I went part-time. And I wanted to make sure that the business had the right projections and the right finances in order um, to be able to sustain itself when I actually went off completely. Um, and I was fortunate enough to um, get pregnant um, right away, which was obviously a gift. Mm -hmm. And um, I was able to scale back as I got further along in my pregnancy mm -hmm. and um, went off um, on quote unquote maternity leave. Cause it's not maternity leave, but I stopped working clinically, um, mm -hmm. at around when I was about seven months pregnant and, um, and then had my beautiful baby boy and continued to work on my business, but just not in the business, even while he was really small. So obviously working with kids in a pediatric practice, it was perfectly acceptable to bring my baby to work. <laughs> um, and so he would sleep um, in the corner while I would be supporting um, some of our managers and the clinicians and that kind of thing. Um, but I scaled back to make sure that the finances worked. Um, and that was really the, um, the most practical way for me to, to make sure that um, we were going to be um, able to stay open while I was off. Awesome. It seems like you had a lot of success with some of that process, but how were you able to find, like what's kind of your recruitment strategy for finding some of those people who were able to support you in that and making sure that they were going to be great clinicians? Yeah. I mean, a little bit of luck, to be honest. We were <laughs> the very first private peds clinic in Vancouver. Um, and so that was attractive for a lot of um, young therapists who were wanting to work um, in peds. And so I think probably the best thing I did was give a chance to young physiotherapists who didn't have a lot of peds experience and then invested in helping them get that peds experience. Um, so not everybody who joined our team in the early days um, had worked with kids um, clinically before, or maybe they were a brand new grad, but they had the passion and the drive for working with kids. And then obviously um, had the passion and the drive to, to learn. Mm -hmm. Now you did uh, mention as well in our previous, uh, previous segment that you had worked with a coach. Mm -hmm. um, I think that that's an interesting uh, conversation we should have because there's definitely different types of coaches out there. There's a lot of people you can consult with. So how did you kind of go about finding your coach? Sure. My, well, the first step that I did actually went was um, I got connected with a mentor through the Forum for Women Entrepreneurs. So this mm -hmm. was about 10 years ago. And um, the mentorship program there is inexpensive. It's um, a great way to get connected with another female entrepreneur, typically, although they do also have male entrepreneurs mm -hmm. who are supporting um, um, and, and mentoring. Um, but I got connected with this fantastic mentor who gave me um, some early foundation thought processes that also then led me to hiring a business mm -hmm. coach. So I hired a traditional business coach who was a female entrepreneur herself. So she had her own business coaching um, 
company. And um, we worked at developing the systems of Kids Physio early on. So that was now like 10 years ago. I'm still really connected with her. She's not my coach any longer, but um, I'm still very much connected with her. So hiring a really good business coach that you can trust to help you get your business systems down. Awesome. Sounds like you've had a lot of support. Do you ever kind of give back or support other females, especially like through your practice or through some of the franchising? And if so, how are you able to do that? Yeah. Um, I think it was only natural the minute that I felt um, that I could give back, that it made sense to do so. Um, I was so blessed to have incredible people helping me um, in the early stages that um, that was a that was a really important value for me um, in giving back. So um, I remember not feeling totally ready to become a mentor myself, but the Forum mm -hmm. for Women Entrepreneurs gives a wonderful platform for when you're ready to transition from being a mentee to a mentor. Mm -hmm. And so I started mentoring um, about five years ago and um, I take on a new mentee every year and um, I support them through that structured program. Um, but you know, within the clinic space itself um, at Kids Physio, um, I, I don't know what it is, but it was, it was so exciting for me to see other physiotherapists um, succeed in their practice. I just, for whatever reason, really loved seeing other, especially women on my team, but that mm -hmm. might just be because a lot of women work in peds, but um, I just loved seeing other women succeed and wanted to wanted to continue to make that a priority. Um, so within the clinic itself, I've always supported physios on the team. And now with the new franchise model, certainly my role as the CEO of the company is to support the new clinic owners. And so I'm kind of their, their best asset um, <laughs> early on is um, to um, share my wisdom and to also help coach them so that I'm not giving all the answers, but I'm helping them find out those answers um, the same way that the coaches in my, in my life have helped me um, to grow as well. Um, outside of the clinic, though, you know, and, and outside of the Forum for Women Entrepreneurs, I often get people reaching out and saying, you know, can we meet up for coffee? Um, I'm a young clinic owner or I'm, um, I'm even just like needing to find my way um, in my, my, um, my own work life. And so I love to sit down with people and um, hear people's stories and be able to share um, anything that I can do to give back and give people a bit of a leg up. I'm usually really happy to do provided that I've got the time to do so. Mm -hmm. and, um, and you mentioned um, you have a structured mentorship uh, where you do one person a year. Can you expand on that a little bit? I'm, I'm curious to hear about that. Um, and so I, that I take on being a, men yeah. a mentee. Mm -hmm. Yes, yeah, so I'm still a mentee with the Forum for Women Entrepreneurs. And right now my mentor is, um, he's, he's awesome. He, um, because I've now, my needs have changed and I need help with the world of franchising. Mm -hmm. um, my mentor is a franchise owner of mm -hmm. five or no, 10, 10 different um, Tim Hortons locations. Yep. And he's, cool. um, he's awesome. So it just gives me a whole new perspective. Um, even though it's not physio, we are still talking about some of the same legal requirements and um, just challenges of managing people and all that kind of stuff. So he gives me a lot of food for thought. And um, yeah, every year I get paired with somebody new. So it, it just continues to expand my, my knowledge and um, um, gives me somebody to chat with once every month with a structured agenda. Um, and to be honest with you, one of the best things about it is that they don't work with me. 
<laughs> they, they don't know the ins and outs of the business and, and they can be a total um, unbiased opinion um, mm-hmm. to, to bounce something off, you know, bounce those challenges off of. So is this open for any female entrepreneurs or is there yeah. some things that you can, okay. Yeah, and FWE, um, so it's called the Forum for Women Entrepreneurs and FWE has um, two locations. Um, they, they started here in Vancouver, but I know that they've expanded to Toronto. Mm-hmm. So if you're a young clinic owner um, and you're looking for a mentor, every year they do an application kind of, a, I think around now they'll start matching um, mentees with mentors or you can apply through there. Um, another place that you can get a mentor is if you... Um, are connected with Women's Enterprise Center here in BC. Mm-hmm. Um, they do um, mentorship programs as well for female entrepreneurs. And then I believe Small Business BC and a few other places. So I'm not familiar with all of them across Canada, but mm-hmm. mentors are out there. I think you just have to do your due diligence and put your hand up and be willing to admit, listen, I can't do this on my own and I'd really love um, some support. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Awesome. I think it's kind of cool how there's that whole, like you're still being mentored, but you're able to give back and kind of balance everything out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, just kind of jumping around, sorry, interested in what you were saying at the beginning, how you, one of the major barriers for you was some of that family planning. And I was wondering if you had a structure in place for kind of helping females at your clinic or maybe females interested in franchising with that whole family planning and how to get around that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I think one, just my experience, and it's always funny to me to think that I'm a senior physiotherapist, <laughs> but, um, but I do have life experience. And so I try and share that with my franchisees. Obviously there are people on my team who are um, pregnant and having babies. And so I'm having regular conversations with them about um, how, what my experiences were and helping people navigate. But um, um Sorry, what was the first part of your question again, Veronica? Now totally. Um, oh, no, I know I was, what I was going to say. Okay. <laughs> I was say that because originally we were independent contractors and it's really difficult to support a woman who's going off on maternity leave, who's an independent contractor, because you can't get paid at all. Um, and so I think one of the best decisions that we made with a gr- bunch of women in our business was to convert everybody to be employee and they're now contributing to their, um, their EI. And though we will never be able to compete with the public system when it comes to top-ups, like in the hospital, um, at least when our physiotherapists go off on mat leave, they're able to collect some EI. Um, and I'm just super proud of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, to piggyback off of that, um, how do you, uh, when someone does go on mat leave, how do you kind of manage the staffing changes and you know, be able to provide that support through the mat leave? And then when they come back and kind of reshift back so they can go back into the roles, um, I think um, there's some ways that you do this, correct? Yeah, um, I, I can credit Rick Lau to helping me learn <laughs> the concept of the physio bench. Gotcha. Um, <laughs> we are always recruiting physiotherapists mm-hmm. and we have a wonderful bench of physios that we're connected with. Mm-hmm. And certainly the nice thing is, is when somebody lets us know that um, they are going to have a, a baby, um, we've got a little bit of a lead time to make sure mm-hmm. that we've got somebody in place. Um, I can share an experience of um, someone on our team who was in a management role. So she was part clinician, part manager, and she went on off on mat leave. And when she came back, she decided to come back part-time as a clinician only and not as a manager. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And so it was great for her. She was able to pass on her management duties when she went on maternity leave. And then when she came back, she recognized she didn't want to work full time in the first year after coming um, off mat leave. And so now she just works part time as a clinician. So I think that there's flexibility when you grow your business and you've got other roles for people to do. Um, I can also think of somebody who um, is pregnant now and is a manager. And I suspect that she'll be able to drop her caseload, you know, at some point, but maintain her management duties until she actually has the baby. And so having those different opportunities for clinicians on our team where you're not just treating um, and the minute you can't treat, you can't do anything else. We've got other ways of being able to engage our team um, with different roles um, that are super meaningful and impactful in the business. Awesome. Sounds like you've got a pretty good system in place. Um, if there was anything that was, would there be anything that you would do differently? if you had this opportunity to do again, like anything you wish you'd known or wish you'd been able to plan for? <laughs> oh man. It's a loaded question, eh? Sorry. <laughs> so many things. You know, I think that's the best part about being an entrepreneur and an entrepreneur who has, um, I don't know, who's just been through a bunch of challenges and not, I can't say that I've been through a ton of challenges, but certainly some. Um, but learning from each one of them and, and not, not beating yourself up about it, that recognizing that challenges are what actually lead you to grow. And so not seeing the challenge as a negative thing. Um, I know that's really hard in the moment to not see a challenge as being sort of an attack on something that you did wrong or you could have done it better, but just like, yeah, this challenge is going gonna, is gonna to totally give me a launch pad um, to be better. Um, provided that you can humble yourself to to learn from it. Um, so in my early days, man, I was not humble. <laughs> so I think I could, you know, you think you, I know it all, I can do it all, but no, 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 I did not. Um, I can just tell anybody is, is yeah, accept, accept those challenges as learning opportunities. I, I definitely, um, I can relate. I mean, I think, I can't speak for everybody, but I think a lot of us physios are very type A, you know, mm -hmm. we've, we've been so successful that we don't fail as often as <laughs> other people might. So as soon as when there's a situation that you fail, you know, automatically you put it on yourself, you, you know, go into the spiral. <laughs> so like, oh man, I didn't do this right. Why did this happen? But I, I definitely agree. I mean, I think if there's anything that I've learned is, is how you react to that situation actually will make or break um, your growth journey. Like if you, mm -hmm. if you look at some failure as failure or you look at an opportunity for change, it's a, it's a very different kind of mindset to approach it. Yeah, I definitely yeah. agree with that. Um, you did also mention uh, your bench uh, a little bit as well. So what do you do to try to recruit people and recruit these female entrepreneurs that might be positioned to open up some new franchises for yourself? Mm -hmm. Um, well, we always have job postings up and we've got a, you know, a funnel through um, the website. If you're interested in joining our team, you can always send us an email because, or an application, because we're certainly going to, if, if you're qualified to work in Canada, mm -hmm. um, we're going to chat with you about, about opportunities that exist because we also always have new opportunities coming out. It feels like every month we're looking for somebody. Mm -hmm. um, so we, we um, have that, you know, that funnel. Mm -hmm. um, we do pediatric skills nights. We've just been doing them here in Vancouver, but we really connect with the university 
um, um, UBC and bring the students out on a regular basis to learn some skills. So basic mm -hmm. skills in PEDS, because I know the schools um, don't have huge PEDS um, content. So we want to make sure to give students a chance. We take tons of students at Kids Physio. Mm -hmm. Right now, I think we have three students um, from UBC that are um, in, and I don't have a, an exact data for you, but I think we probably take in at least 10 students a year in mm -hmm. BC. Um, and that number just keeps growing because we have more clinics that open and we have more opportunities. So we are probably one of the largest um, organizations um, taking students that are specific to PEDS um, in, mm -hmm. in BC um, for their student placements. And the nice thing is, is that it's a private caseload of a huge variety from babies to um, to 18 year olds, um, mm -hmm. from ortho to neuro to <laughs> chronic conditions to genetic conditions to you name it, young mm -hmm. athletes to concussion. Like we really do see a, a lot. So those investments at a very early stage um, helped us with our recruitment. And I can actually even speak as, as far down as um, our volunteers and even our front receptionists. Many of our volunteers who are um, kin students um, are getting, getting sort of their feet wet um, mm -hmm. and, and starting to really fall in love with peds very early on before they're even getting into physio school. So we're often seeing our volunteers get into physio school and then come back and apply for a job with us, um, mm -hmm. even if they don't, um, aren't successful in getting a clinical placement. Um, I've even had front receptionists, many, go to physio school and come back and become physios on the team. So um, recruitment right from, from volunteers to front desk um, and students is probably our, our biggest uh, success there. Um, just kind of building off that, like you seem interested in educating and you had mentioned, I think in the last segment, about how a lot of the times you'll hire new grads even if they don't have PEDS experience, which seems to be kind of taking a risk because it is a very niche kind of thing. What kind of motivated you to take those risks on new grads and want to train them mm -hmm. and give them that opportunity? Mm -hmm. um, because I was afforded that opportunity mm -hmm. in, in, in public health and was not given the mentorship. Um, so someone, someone took a chance on me and didn't hold my hand, imagine what we can do when we take a chance on someone and hold their hand. Mm -hmm. um, and so we invest very heavily in not just providing the, um, the didactic um, module-based PEDS courses that we've got through the Kids Physio Academy, which is um, you know, a huge resource to our new grads, but also setting them up with a mentor and their clinical manager at the location um, for the first six months to help them go through those modules, to do practice, to um, sit in on sessions with our new grads and give them feedback, um, to have them, the new grads, sit in on senior therapist sessions to learn. Um, I, I just, I'll just go back to someone gave me an opportunity and believed in me and I'm going to just pay that back and do the same. Awesome. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's definitely, you know, a lot of things that you're obviously doing right. <laughs> um, and so you've been able to really kind of nail down this, this model to try to help support all these uh, female entrepreneurs coming into this system of kids physio degree and, you know, 
bringing them up and making them just better versions of themselves. Mm-hmm. Now, there's definitely a lot of female entrepreneurs out there that want to, you know, do something like this. They want to open their own practice, you know, uh, be empowered to run their own clinic and manage their own business as well. What are your top three pieces of advice for an aspiring, aspiring female entrepreneur within the physiotherapy space today? Yeah, within the physio space, I mean, <clears throat> if you if you don't know that you want to be a clinic owner, mm-hmm. um, because you don't, you certainly don't need to be as a physio. <laughs> there's there's no need to become a clinic yeah. owner. If that's not you. I think really establishing is that what I want to do. Um, before, you know, making the leap. So working, you know, one piece of advice would just be to really get connected with an organization that um, is able to help you grow. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you're working at a location that isn't necessarily investing in helping you grow, um, then my suggestion is to find a company that is, um, because we do exist, right? Like it's, it's, it is possible to work for an organization and, um, and be really supported with your growth to becoming a clinic owner. Um, but to go through like the, the advice for physios, um, your first few years, you need to learn how to be a physio um, mm-hmm. first. Um, but if you want to become an entrepreneur, you also need to learn some basic business acumen. So um, how to hire people, how to fire people, how to manage people, how to have difficult conversations, how to mm-hmm. harness the talent in others. <laughs> How to set expectations and hold people accountable and to communicate clearly. Like these are things that I don't know, Veronica, you tell me, are you learning that in physio school right now? Not at all. (laughs) (laughs) And neither did I. I didn't either. Um, And, you know, many of us go straight from um, high school to undergrad to master's program to our first job. And we've never worked in a large company. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so large companies are great for a reason because they teach you about, you know, tiered structure and management mm-hmm. and, and responsibilities and accountability and all that kind of stuff. So mm-hmm. I learned pretty quick that, um, my, uh, my leadership ability had a ceiling and, um, until I learned how to run a business, mm-hmm. like actually run a business, um, my business wasn't going to grow. So, mm-hmm. so learn how to do that and find someone who can help you. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's number one. You asked me for three, yeah? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the long answer. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, and you probably are going to notice from these is that I'm going to tell you things that were mistakes of mine. That's the best all, way to learn, though. I didn't yeah. do all of these things. Um, so, okay, number two, don't treat your business like your family or your girlfriend circle. Mm-hmm. Or your guy friend circle <laughs> that are listening. Um, and there's a real, there's a real, um, there's a, it's natural to want to do that when you're, you know, maybe you're only five people on your team or six people on your team. It's natural to want to treat people like family and hashtag work family and all the rest <laughs> of it. But at the end of the day, um, my leadership coach always kind of giggles about this. She's like, you're treating your business like your family. Don't all families kind of have someone living in the basement, you know, like that you're sort of dragging along. That's not necessarily got the same vision as everybody else. Who's leaving their dirty laundry on the floor or dirty dishes in the (laughs) sink or whatever. So I think just really expecting that um, you're running a professional organization. Um, Mm -hmm. It is a business um, treated as such. And Mm -hmm. um, 
people in your clinic are going to look for you to lead. Mm-hmm. So lead. Mm-hmm. And being a family member is not going to get you far enough. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's a really good example. <laughs> the basement okay. example is a great example. Yeah. <laughs> I'm definitely um, feeling that one. <laughs> <laughs> totally. um, and then one of the last ones for me for aspiring female entrepreneurs, and this is kind of going back to the not being a family, but you really need to find business support um, outside of the company. So people who can act as your sounding board, who you can totally trust um, to not indulge you in your challenges and have you spin on them. Like, oh yeah, I hate it when something like that happens. Doesn't that, isn't that just the pits? Like, so if you go to them with a business challenge and they just indulge you in mm-hmm. the business challenge and you talk about how oh, people are so ridiculous. Can you believe that they did that? <laughs> the last thing you need as a female entrepreneur is to have someone else gossip with you yeah. about your challenges. You need to find somebody who will help you find a solution and not help you or not let you be tied emotionally to big challenges in your business because Mm -hmm. as women that can be a thing Mm -hmm. i agree i mean in terms of like yeah like you don't want anybody to be kind of like a yes man right if you have if you have a coach in your corner you want them to be like hey okay so what are we going to do about the situation what's the next step here what do we learn etc right totally yeah Yeah, going um, in head first, not going to help with like, <laughs> just complaining, complain, complain. Nothing actually gets done. Right? <laughs> yeah. um, and and this, was, this was a big part of what my, my, I have a new leadership coach in the last two and a half years or three years mm-hmm. now. And this is a big part of her role in my life has been to teach me that I am in control of how my brain thinks about mm-hmm. circumstances in my mm-hmm. business, that I can choose a different thought process which will lead to a different feeling, which will lead to a different, um, uh, sorry, which will lead to a different feeling that then gets you different actions that lead to, to a different result. So what I can say is that if you're not getting the results that you want in your business, um, go back and think about how you're thinking about circumstances before blaming other people around you, that you don't have to be held hostage by the thoughts in your own brain about the circumstances in, in your business. Yeah, that's a great point. Um, were you just thought thinking more like aware of yourself or did you have any kind of, I don't know, methods that helped you to kind of turn your thought process around to something that's a bit more productive? Yeah. My, so my, my leadership coach, her name is Chris Plackey. Um, and she's just a female. She's now become just a, um, a coach for a female entrepreneurs and founders, but she taught me the thought model so that anytime you have a challenging circumstance and not getting the result that you want. So let's say your result is that you're, uh, I don't even know as a female entrepreneur, your result <laughs> is that you're being passive aggressive or something like I'm just thinking of, you know, whatever. Um, you have to go back to your thoughts and, and really recognize again, I'll just repeat it. Your thoughts lead to you having a feeling about something. Your feelings lead to you taking a certain action and your action leads to a specific result. So if you 
if you if you learn how to go back to the beginning and choose a different thought, you might be really surprised at how you can come to a very very different result. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Awesome. Interesting. And so we we learned we learned that. Well, mm -hmm. I learned that, and I was totally mind blown that I had a, a choice <laughs> about my thoughts. And um, I then had to teach everybody on my team so that now when we face very challenging circumstances, whether that be with um, our clients or um, employee to manager or something like that. Mm -hmm. um, we don't have to get emotional about it. We're women. Maybe we might get emotional before, but we don't have to. You can choose a different thought that leads you to not being so emotional about something. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's really interesting because, you know, actually when I was thinking about it, I always assumed that it's the feelings part you got to stop. <laughs> like not the <laughs> thought part. So I guess I'm one step too forward. Eh? <laughs> yeah, I, always just, back. I, I always ask the question, how do I want to feel mm -hmm. yeah. about this? I don't, maybe it's like, you don't want to, I feel hurt or I feel frustrated or I feel, but how do I want to feel? And if I want to feel mm -hmm. inspired and empowered, then I really need to go back to my thoughts. And it's, it's super, super mind blowing when you realize, oh my gosh, I can just go back and, and choose a different thought that leads to a, a better feeling, which leads to a better result. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I guess that, that is true because I guess, you know, a lot of people who start out might actually take these failures personally even, right? Yeah. And start the moment mm -hmm. you start taking things personally, that's when you go down that spiral of everything yeah. sort of going wrong. That's the result that you're looking for. No, right? Exactly. You want to figure out who is, who is it that you want to, who do you want to be and how do you want to show up for your team? Mm -hmm. That's interesting. Now, you know, as we kind of uh, get near the end of this uh, this segment as well. There's, um, you know, there's definitely, I think with every tr uh, training model, every coaching model, there's always going to be some hurdles along the way. So what have been a couple of hurdles that you've had to deal with um, along the way for this, uh, this type of model that you have in uh, kids physio group, especially when it comes to trying to develop the female entrepreneurs? Mm. Um, it's funny. You had asked me this question. I, I, I'm sure your listeners know that we try and prepare as much as we can for a podcast so that it, mm -hmm. it flows really well. But the answer that I actually wrote down isn't what I want to talk about. I, um, the biggest hurdle. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Get out of your own way. It's <laughs> really what it is. Um, yep. Yeah. I think I, you know, I some got my feet a little bit too deeply rooted in one way of doing something mm -hmm. and you know if you actually look at our um if you look at our website we have a bit of a timeline of our um our growth mm -hmm. you can see we opened three locations and then we stopped mm -hmm. and what i can tell you is between 2014 and 2019 i had a lot of growing to do as a mm -hmm. leader and mm -hmm. not only did i have a baby but um I really needed to, to learn some new skills. And it wasn't until I got really real with myself and my vision for kids physio and, um, and what I was limiting in the mm -hmm. business mm -hmm. by the way that I was or the things I was saying or how I was managing people. Um, it wasn't until I learned a new way that mm -hmm. Um, we started to grow again. So I don't, I used to say it was because I took time off to start my family. Um, mm -hmm. But now I very humbly can tell you it was because I really needed to learn how to be a better leader. 
Um, and I'm so grateful um, for that process because it has just given us a much better platform to continue to grow new leaders. Um, my coach says it really well. Um, if you want to grow a business, you need to grow the person that's leading it. Mm -hmm. And um, we are not naturally good leaders necessarily. Just as a woman, you know, because you're a woman doesn't, and you're maybe you're a really good caregiver mm -hmm. and you can care for your team around you. It doesn't necessarily make you a really good leader. Um, and so invest in those, those leadership skills, learn how to support your team. Um, and that's exactly what I needed to do. Mm -hmm. Awesome. I had to follow up on that too. I mean, you know, I think this is a hurdle that a lot of people face too in their journey. And I think that I wanted to get your perspective on just kind of the female entrepreneurs within our physio space today and how we can help more uh, individuals to take that next step um, as a profession, even not just kind of as a clinic level, but how do we help grow other uh, uh, women to get empowered to become a uh, female entrepreneurs because all the female entrepreneurs that we've had on our podcast, including, including yourself and all the other ones, they've been amazing individuals and we've learned so much from them. So I think that there's a lot of people with so much potential out there. I'm, I'm just trying to get into the same from your perspective on how we can help kind of let them grow as well. Hmm, yeah. Um, <clears throat> I, I mean, what I can speak to is at kids physio, we try and identify really early on in someone's career. Um, mm -hmm if they're at all interested in the business side of things. Mm -hmm. um, and we do that by having regular one-on-one -on -one meetings with people. Yeah. Um, I'm not talking about the annual performance review where let's talk about your goals. I'm talking about a regular one-on-one -on -one meeting practice um, mm -hmm. at the cadence of the, your business that is appropriate. So if your business requires you to do that every week for the first year, do it. But for us, what it looks like is a monthly meeting with a clinical manager who then reports back to me or to a clinic owner um, to share the, the goals and strengths mm -hmm. of a young clinician. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm still always surprised, um, and I'll just share um, one of our newest um, franchisee inquiries came from somebody internally on our team. So stay tuned for an announcement coming soon, but it's someone on our team who I've watched grow over the last number of years and had no idea that she was interested in becoming a clinic owner. Mm -hmm. But because we've supported her at becoming a manager, um, at um, really honing her leadership skills, um, she was able to put her foot forward and step out of her comfort zone a little bit and say, I'm just curious to know if you think I have what it takes to be a clinic owner. And right away, we were totally excited to see her step into those shoes. That's awesome. Um, but it wasn't without a lot of investment in her um, mm -hmm. over the last few years. So um, I just really encourage um, any female clinic owner who's listening to this to um, have conversations with your team um, super early on and then super regularly so that you can support them and not then be sideswiped and shocked when they leave to go do their own thing, mm -hmm. right? So you're gonna have people on your team who are gonna wanna open their own practices. Either you can help develop them and maybe find a way for them to grow within your team so that they can open another clinic with you or 
you cannot talk about it and have them leave and go do their own thing. So there's really only two choices. And I, <laughs> I learned the hard way and I then chose to really invest in my, my team. Awesome. 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 Yeah, there's definitely a lot of interesting points to take away. I think, you know, I want to ask one last question before we um, wrap this up. But how do you think, is there any tips you have for other clinic owners currently to help support female entrepreneurs other than obviously the meetings that you mentioned in terms of just maternity and paternity leaves as well? Hmm. Um, yeah, being flexible with with scheduling. So when somebody is wanting to go off, um, being, being flexible, but, Mm -hmm. but also setting really clear expectations. So, um, not, um, hmm, how do I say this? Just because someone wants to, um, leave because of a life event doesn't mean that you are required to accommodate at all levels. But I think having a very honest conversation with people about um, having some flexibility, but with accountability. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? So that yeah. people aren't necessarily taking that flexibility for granted and walking all over you because you are a business owner. Mm-hmm. You need to make sure that your business stays successful. And so in order to do that, you need to make sure that if you are having a flexible schedule for somebody that there is still accountability. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I definitely, I definitely agree with that. And obviously, and if a business does well as well, I can support the people within the business even more. So you definitely exactly. want to make sure that that's number one for sure. Awesome. Awesome. Um, now, since we did this on the last segment as well, do you have any books, this segment that you'd recommend to our uh, listeners as well, based on even this topic or a second book that you might have? I am just going to pass people on to Chris Plackey's podcast. Gotcha. So Chris Plackey is K-R-I-S mm-hmm. is her first name. And then Plackey is P-L-A-C-H-Y. Okay. And she has an incredible podcast called, I think it's called Lead Your Team for Female Entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and she's one of the only leadership coaches in the space um, who focuses just on female entrepreneurship mm-hmm. um, because we are a unique bunch women do have different challenges than men um, mm-hmm. and we think differently about things. And so she takes all of that into consideration, which is really cool. So I work with her weekly, but her podcast is such a great resource. So I highly recommend it. A lot of what I've used to share today is from what I've learned from her. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Thanks so much. And um, anywhere that our aspiring female entrepreneurs can reach out to you. On Instagram, Kids Physio Mum, M-U-M. Um, you can try and hit me up over email, but I just find it more personal when you connect with me through Instagram. Um, and then if you're interested in um, owning your own Kids Physio franchise as a female entrepreneur, um, certainly send us a, a form submission through the website at kidsphysio.ca franchise awesome awesome thanks so much uh, laura for joining us and i want to give a big shout out to veronica hatcher yeah. for co-hosting <laughs> ptvc podcast for the first time she did amazing uh good work on that and again thanks for both of you for coming on uh today and um hope you have a great weekend and enjoy the rest of the day thanks so much <laughs> thank you everyone for tuning in to the ptbc podcast hope you enjoyed the episode today 
Please check us out on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and at our website, ptbusinesscorner.com. Feel free to send us a message on social media or email us at info at ptbusinesscorner.com. See you next time.